everyone. Glad that you are tuning into the College Age Movement podcast. We are in part three of our series, Who Is This Man? The idea behind the series is that we were looking at the attributes of Jesus. We we're looking at these things that Jesus exemplified, these things that he set the bar for. And there are so many different things, and we've looked at two specific things so far. The last two weeks, we covered compassion and humility. Compassion being this a recognition of people's despair, recognition of people's pain, but not just the recognition of it, but the desire to alleviate pain. And then last week we talked about humility, how living a humble life will be an incredible way to not only just live lives as human beings, but also introduce people to Jesus through our humility, that we would never have a better than mentality, that being better than is not something because we understand that Jesus is the best and we are messy and we are broken and we are just thankful that God loves us right where we're at. I love this series. It's been really challenging on a personal level too. I think as we look into these things and we intentionally look at attributes of Jesus, we understand something is that we are trying to become a little bit more like Jesus, but we're really far away from it. And even areas where we feel like we're doing a pretty good job, we're like, man, I still have growth to be done in those areas. This week, we're going to be talking about forgiveness. And this is a sticky subject. It's something that most of us would like to avoid. Uh, Not because we don't like being forgiven, but because we really don't like to forgive. But it is so important that as we walk out our faith, we do not become unforgiving people because this whole thing is based on Jesus' sacrifice. This whole thing is based on him and his ultimate forgiveness of everything that we are and everything that we have done. So what does Jesus say about forgiveness? In Matthew chapter 6, verses 14 through 15, it says this, For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. So the first point today is this, is we forgive because he first forgave us. Forgiveness goes beyond the basic element of wanting to be a good person. If you consider yourself a follower of Jesus, it is a response to the recognition of what Jesus has already done for you, right? We are responding to what Jesus has already done for us, that he died on the cross, he came and lived a perfect life, he rose again, all of those things, this this ultimate act of sacrifice and forgiveness was done with us in mind. So as we are thinking about living a lifestyle of forgiveness, it is a response in recognition of what Jesus has already done. And I think what's really challenging about this verse is that it can kind of be confusing because it sounds like, well, if you do this, then Jesus will do this. But it's so important that we understand what Jesus has already done and continues to do in our lives. That it's a response and a recognition of what Jesus has already done. So it's not a if you, then Jesus will. It is a Jesus did, so I will. That Jesus already set the bar. He already set the example. So now I'm following in his footsteps. And I love the way that the message actually puts the same passage, chapter 6, verses 14 through 15. It says, in prayer, there's a connection between what God does and what you do. You can't get forgiveness from God, for instance, without also forgiving others. If you refuse, if you refuse to do your part, you cut yourself off from God's part. And that's so important that we understand that we have to realize we have a part to play in all this. It's participatory. We talk about that a lot around college age, that, that a relationship with Jesus is participatory, that we are doing something in response and we are actually taking action. We aren't sitting, sitting by watching Jesus do incredible things. We're just saying, hey, we want to be a part of this. We want to participate in everything we're doing. We want to engage in the message that you bring. We want to engage in loving people. We want to engage in forgiving people. But here's the thing about forgiveness. If we do it well, people will see a glimpse of the forgiveness of Jesus. 
that as we forgive, people see Jesus's forgiveness. But if we are people who hold on to resentment and bitterness and unforgiveness, telling people about a forgiving God seems pretty pretty hypocritical. That, that, that we would be people who are like, oh, hey, I'm going to hold on to this. I'm going to be unforgiving, all these things, but you should uh, follow this God that I love because he's super forgiving. People will look at us and say, well, why aren't you? Why aren't you forgiving? Too often we think that we have to have this capacity to just create something completely new, but we don't need to create something new. We're, we're just extending things that are already there. An example of this, uh, in my old house, uh, I... I had this house that was built in 1963. There were all these really janky corners of the house that you didn't get really good Wi-Fi. And I was like, man, I need to buy something. And so I went and bought this thing that was supposed to put Wi-Fi uh, in these areas that were missing Wi-Fi. And I was super excited about it. And, and I read it and I was like, man, it's going to create all this new Wi-Fi and it's going to be awesome. Every single corner of my house is just going to be covered. I live on my phone, on my computer, and I need it. I need that Wi-Fi so bad. And so I went and I bought it and I got it. And on the back of the box, the first thing that it says is this does not create new Wi-Fi, period. I was like, oh my gosh, what did I buy myself? It's like, this is called a Wi-Fi extender. What it does is it takes the signal of your Wi-Fi and it, it takes it and stretches it and extends it to these areas of your house that, no, that do not have the, the Wi-Fi signal. And like that, what we are doing is we are not creating new forgiveness. What we are doing is we're taking the forgiveness of Jesus and we are extending it to the people in our lives, the people that, that feel like they haven't had a connection with Jesus at this point in their life. We are taking forgiveness. We are taking mercy. We are taking grace. And we are saying, hey, I'm going to extend that to you, that we get to be extenders of the grace and the forgiveness of Jesus. We aren't creating anything. We're just showing people what has been there all along. What is really interesting is that these two verses come right after one of the most famous passages in all of Scripture. It's called the Lord's Prayer. And in that prayer, verse 12 says this, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 12, it says, And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. The next point today is this, is that debt is messy. Debt is messy. Nobody likes the feeling of being in debt. Knowing that something is owed to someone else is a burden. That can go from our car loans, our student loans, and the money we owe our friends, all the way to relational debt, being indebted to people relationally. And maybe we could say that owing those close to us relationally isn't a burden, but I would suggest that in healthy relationships, there isn't anything owed. You see, in a healthy relationship, we show up for each other, period. Nobody keeps track of who does it more. Unhealthy relationships create the indebted and they create the debtor. Both sides suck. Both sides lead down roads. We do not want to go. We do not want to find ourselves in debt to others, but we also do not want people to feel indebted to us. And here is why. Rarely does someone look at those that they are indebted to with positive feelings. I do not want to hang out with the CEO of the bank that owns my house or that owns my car. I never wanted to hang out with the president of my college when I was paying off my student bills. So if that's the case, why would I think that people who feel like they owe me something actually want to hang out with me, that they actually want to spend time with me? If people only feel like they are indebted to me and that is why they want to be in relationship with me, it's not a healthy thing. It's not a positive thing. I do not want people to want to be in relationship or even maybe not want to be in relationship, but feel like they are required to be in relationship with me because they feel indebted. Genuine relationships do not flourish in debt. They flourish in debt forgiveness. 
there's this word to telestai. And if you were at the Good Friday service last year, I got to talk about it here at Faith Chapel, and I just talked about it for like two minutes, but there's this word that Jesus spoke, is the last word that he spoke on the cross, to telestai. It means it is finished, debt paid in full. Debt paid in full. In the Old Testament culture, this, this word to telestai, if somebody had a debt owed to someone, whether it would be a financial debt or maybe a, an indentured servant, somebody who had been serving somebody for years and years and years to pay off a debt, at the end of that debt on the top of their bill, it would be stamped to telestai, debt paid in full. You see, our relationship is able to flourish with Jesus because he paid everything in full forever. And if we can root ourselves in that truth, it is an incredible, incredible thing. And it's an incredible start. But the other side of it is getting out of the mentality that Jesus now owes us something. That is where our relationship with Jesus will, will fail to reach new heights if we cannot get out of that mentality. Jesus doesn't owe us anything. And he's already given us more than we could ever ask for eternity in heaven with him. We could never even make an ask that would even compare to that, and yet Jesus already does it. But here's the amazing thing is that Jesus still engages engages with us on a daily basis, that he loves us enough to step into our space, into our lives, and, and make us feel his love and forgiveness and give us direction and do all of these things. And it's just an amazing thing that we serve a God who cares so much about us that he would be willing to do that. But we have to get out of that mentality that Jesus owes us something. That almost all of us who have followed Jesus feels like have had that moment where like, well, I'm following Jesus. I'm trying to do what he's asked me to do. So why am I not getting the things owed to me? Why don't I have my, my spouse yet? Why don't I have that job yet? That is not the way that following Jesus works. We don't just get things because we surrender our lives. We get eternal life and that is enough. And if anything else happens in our life that has, that has positive repercussions, amazing. That, that's great. And it will if we're faithful. But we cannot have the mentality that Jesus owes us something. And we always have to understand that we don't owe Jesus anything. He already forgave our debts. He forgave everything. So what we give is just our life. We give our, our being. It's not about doing things. It's not, not about checking boxes. That Jesus paid everything that we could ever owe to spend eternity with him. And we need to always understand that. Matthew chapter 18, verses 21 through 22 goes on to say, Then Peter came to Jesus and he asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you not seven times, but 77 times. Other translations outside of the NIV would say 70 times seven. But it's not about the number. It's about the, the, the message. And the message is this, is that forgiveness is not a moment. Forgiveness is a lifestyle. It can be really easy to look at singular moments, but forgiveness is rarely an instantaneous action that fixes all situations. We often forgive in a moment, but we do not forget. And that's that's something that I want to talk about real quick. There's there's two things on that truth about, about forgiving but not forgetting. Number one is this, is that that is okay. We are not called to be ignorant. There's a difference between holding record of wrongs and protecting our hearts. We can forgive and yet still refuse to put ourselves in specific situations or around specific people. Forgiveness doesn't mean that you don't care about yourself. Forgiveness doesn't mean that you put yourself back in that relationship. Forgiveness doesn't mean that you put yourself back in that situation. Forgiveness means that you forgive, that, that you wipe the debt clean, but that doesn't mean you have to put yourself back there. And I feel like somebody's listening to this and, and they need to hear that. 
whether that's a relationship, friendship, romantic relationship, or, or, or just a situation that you continually find yourself in, forgiving people and forgiving situations is not necessary to put yourself back in that situation or back around those people. You need to protect yourself, protect your heart, protect your mind. And number two on this idea of forgiving and not forgetting, holding on to unforgiveness or bitterness will rarely hurt anyone but yourself. If we tell someone that they are forgiven, we should either one, mean it, or two, not say it. Forgiveness is based in truth. So until we are ready to forgive someone, let's not say, hey, you're forgiven. Hey, don't worry about it. Not a big deal. Whatever it is. We need to be honest. We need to be vulnerable. We need to say, hey, I totally appreciate the fact that you're asking for forgiveness, and I want to give that to you, but I'm not in a spot yet for that. I'm trying to pray through that. I'm trying I'm trying to talk to people about that. I want to actually be able to say, I forgive you and mean it. Because if we start throwing around the word I forgive the words I forgive you and don't mean it, then it holds so little weight. And we want to be people who speak forgiveness in truth. So back to the verse, back to what Jesus is saying. What's really interesting is that rabbis at the time would lean to a teaching that said three strikes and you're out. There was a precedent for only forgiving a certain amount of times. And that is why Peter asked the question. He was still operating in the law. He was a young man who was steeped in Jewish tradition and steeped in Jewish law. And so he wanted to know Jesus' response to this question. But you see, while Peter was operating in the law, Jesus wasn't teaching the law. He was teaching grace. And grace was something that took the law and expanded upon it, that it wasn't just a singular, finite, definite answer that Jesus was saying, no, forgive as many times as it takes. Forgive as many times as it takes. He was changing the narrative on what it meant to be in a relationship. He was changing the narrative on what it meant to love people through forgiveness, what it meant to love people through acceptance. Jesus, better than anyone, understood that it wasn't about a moment, but that it was about a lifestyle change, that a life filled with forgiveness, a life filled with grace would be one of the pillars of loving people into heaven. And that's what we're called to do is love people, forgive people, have grace, have mercy, have understanding, all of those things, so much so that people want to meet the Savior that we proclaim, that Jesus would get to be in relationship with people because of the way that we love and the way that we forgive. You see, the fact of the matter is this, is that we have all made mistakes in our lives. And when we are forgiven, it is a huge expression of love. Or when we are willing to forgive something that somebody has done to us, it is a huge expression of love that we are showing people the love of Jesus through forgiveness, and that should be at the forefront of our minds all the time. I want to end with just a few statements, and some of them have something to do with the rest of it. Some of them don't, but these are just five statements that I think are really important that we hear this week. Number one, be willing to acknowledge pain and offense. If we ignore it, we cannot deal with it. Too often we have taught ourselves to ignore pain. We have taught ourselves to ignore offense. Like, well, I don't want to be an offended person. You don't have to walk around being offended, but we need to identify the pain in our lives. We need to identify the offenses in our lives, and we need to, to think about them. We, we cannot ignore them. And that leads us right into number two, that we don't rush through it. We need to engage with it. That if there's a pain or an offense in your life, something that needs to be forgiven, take time to engage with it, wrestle with it, actually mean what you say that we wouldn't be people who ignore, we wouldn't be people who rush through it, that we'd be people, people who take time. That doesn't mean take t- weeks and weeks, months, months, years and years to figure out how you're going to have forgiveness. But it means that we don't just brush it aside and pretend like it doesn't matter. Sticks and stones may break our bones, but words do hurt too. And so like we have to be people who are willing to engage with the pains and the offenses in our lives. Number three, remember that as forgiven people, we are called to forgive. 
First John four nineteen says that we love because he first loved us. But like we said at the beginning, let's forgive because he first forgave us. Also, forgive yourself. Forgive yourself. Sometimes that's the hardest thing to do. And we, we could probably do a whole series or a whole sermon at least on, on forgiving ourselves. So many of us have been forgiven by Jesus, and we know that. We know that Jesus has wiped our slate clean. And so many of us have been even forgiven by the people in our lives, and yet we carry on burdens and pains and all of these, these misconceptions about ourselves because we cannot seem to forgive ourselves. And if you're listening to this day, today and you feel like you have not been able to forgive yourself, I just want to encourage you to create space to do that. Forgive yourself for that mistake. Forgive yourself for stepping into that situation. Forgive yourself for that pain that you caused someone else. Forgive yourself. Jesus has forgiven you. If you ask for forgiveness from Jesus, he gives it every single time. It's not a license to do whatever we want, but you need to know that you need to forgive yourself. Don't need, you don't need to carry on that baggage. You don't need to carry on that hurt and pain. Forgive yourself today. Number four, pray for the capacity to forgive. It takes something supernatural. Forgiveness isn't something that I think we're inherently born with. It's a, a skill that we need to work on. It's a lifestyle that we have to create. And we need something supernatural to help us forgive them as many times as we need to forgive or in the ways that we need to forgive. We need to be people who have a supernatural capacity to forgive the people around us. That only happens through prayer. And lastly, and this is a hard one, pray for the people that you need to forgive. Pray for the people that have hurt you. It's not our natural tendency to pray for the people that have caused offense or caused pain. And it, like we said, it's not about being ignorant. It's not about just saying, hey, I, I want to pray to forgive them so that I can put myself right back in that situation. Sometimes that's okay, but sometimes it's not. But we always need to be people, people who petition on behalf of the people that have caused us pain because usually we don't know their life. We don't know. We are not the sole reason that they caused that pain. We're not the sole reason that they said those words. We're not the sole reason that they took those actions. So one of the last things that Jesus ever said was, forgive them, Father, for they do not know what they do. Forgive them, Father, for they do not know what they do. We need to have that mentality. Lord, we, we love them. We forgive them. They don't fully understand what they said. They don't fully understand what they did, and we just want to forgive them. Hey, thank you so much for listening into the College Age Movement podcast. I pray that your week would be full of forgiveness, that you would take time to engage in relationships and mend relationships if that needs to happen, that you would extend a hand, that you would extend that forgiveness that Jesus has for us to the people in our lives, that we wouldn't be people who are easily offended, but we would be people who would be willing to engage, engage and wrestle with offense so that we respond in a really good way. If you are in Billings, we would love to see you in person. Tuesday nights, 7 o'clock. We, we want you here at Faith Chapel. We want you to be in community. We want you to be around family. We truly believe that we grow better together. If you're not in Billings or you're not able to make it on Tuesday nights, keep listening to the podcast as we wrap up our series next week. We love you guys. Talk to you soon.